0: Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek podcast, the internet's best resource for students and getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for knowing whether or not Bonesaw is in fact ready. Though he is, Bonesaw is always ready. He wasn't that ready. He, he really wasn't. <laughs> I promised you three grand for three minutes. You pinned him in two. Puffed for up that, confidence. I give you a hundred. Can only and you're get lucky. So I'm giving you that. That's true. That's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of, there's like a life lesson in there. He was the Macho Man, though. Yep. Unfortunately, being the Macho Man is often not enough to evenly match you, to put you on even footing with somebody who was just bitten by a radioactive spider. Spider Spider-Man and Macho Man. Yep. Anyway, we are ready to answer five questions, because today on the College Info Geek Podcast, we are answering are doing one of those uh, those old standards, the five questions episode. Uh, is this the last five questions? I think there might be one more. One more? And that one might be
1: a pure Q&A mm. where I had no intention of limiting it to productiveish
0: questions. You know what I have? I have Notion. What? I could literally look and see what Crazy. our schedule is. That's impossible. Um, How are you doing that? Okay, according to the schedule you have created, we have one which is more. Tentative. We have one more real five questions and then a pure QA, basically an AMA. Yeah, basically. The Tom and Martin AMA. Yeah. Which will be fun. Uh, and then we'll have our final episode and then we will start thinking about our next podcast, which I'm personally getting excited about. Yeah. I want to keep doing this, I just want to be able to talk about things that don't fit under the college moniker <laughs> yeah yep like we're like we're building a server to enable like much more efficient video editing and i would love to have an episode where i just geek out about that so i need to build a show format where i could do that but also maybe have an episode where we talk about a book yeah also have an episode where we talk about Some like more music freedom stuff. yeah just something casual a, I mean, there's a lot of scripting. We've covered a lot of topics. We have sometimes multiple times. That's what 300 episodes <laughs> implies. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially since so a lot of those were five questions, and I have a like, I have a question bank of all of the five questions. We've had 30 something of those, maybe 35, 36, mm-hmm. and that's
0: like 180 wow, like questions by itself. 10% of our episode is or of our episode bank is five questions. It's crazy. I should probably go back through Five Questions Archives and see if there are discussions we've had based on questions that we could turn into videos. Maybe. Because I've been thinking about my back catalog on YouTube and how there are videos where I've talked about things that I would like to do full videos on. Like a lot of my past videos have been like, here's five things that you could do to have a happier day or 10 tips for this or that and I think it would be cool to take one of those and make a video. Yeah. Just kind of really going all in on it. I mean, the video we made in January, the skill you're slowly losing, really the, the biggest uh, practical takeaway from that video was the 15-minute rule, which we've talked about on the show plenty of times. I mean, the first time it was ever mentioned on the show was the interview with Matt Ringle and I think we've talked about it briefly in videos, but we've never really made something where it was the focus of an entire video and kind of built up an entire case for exactly what it solves. Yeah. And, you know, how it solves it. So there's stuff that I feel like I just haven't done to the level I would like to do it to. And perhaps I'm sure there's the plenty of have,
1: stuff hidden in there. Mm-hmm.
0: You just got to listen to like 290 hours. More than that. Of content. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely more than that. I would say we go over the hour mark more often than we don't hit it. Yeah. If I were to guess. Um, I'm not sure. Have we ever had a two-hour episode? We broke an episode into pieces because it was too long. Wait, have you and I did did that? I feel like that happened. Or at least... It happened with the car buying episode. Okay, that it happened was with, with that uh, one.
1: Two guests and you were on of? it. Oh, I think one of the college, Path to College ones was really long.
0: That was planned though. Yeah. That was planned. It, to be yeah, a I just
1: remembered those were broken apart on purpose mm-hmm. because the topic was clearly going to go over. Yeah.
0: I, I think we, if if we caught that one ahead of time. Into one episode, it would be five hours. That would be a messed up of content. That's a it'd lot be, of stuff. It'd be a blur. It'd be mm-hmm. too confusing. Like a blue blur? Sega's favorite blue blur. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I need to find. The right five questions, so we can start. No, let answer these five off. old questions and see oh. if we disagree with our old selves and see who notices. Yeah, <laughs> they'll never know. I'll just rephrase them. And because these episodes are so kind of off the cuff, it would be a different episode anyway. Yeah, and I think very few people would really know. I think if I took an old five questions, rewrote the questions, mixed up the order. So what you're and saying made it old is, enough that we forgot what we said on the first one. The new podcast is actually just all of the College Info Geek
1: episodes redone out mm-hmm. of order. Mm-hmm. Backwards. Yeah,
0: we're just going to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a seven or eight year project that's just a high tier troll.
1: Yeah, it's free real estate. It is. We won't even have to work for that. That's true.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway, so five questions episodes if you're not... Familiar, our episodes where we take five questions from our Instagram, Twitter, email, smoke signals that we pay attention to. We're constantly monitoring smoke signals for faint wisps in the air that somehow end up being meaningful communication. We take somehow. those, we feed them into a Willy Wonka-esque contraption with many like loops, loops, uh, pneumatic valves, and screens of various That's proportions fair. and uh, vacuum and diode ray tubes which then give us the perfect amount of questions to answer.
1: Yeah. And since in we have a limited amount left, I mean, send your questions. Since we've only in. got like one legit
0: five questions left well, we have in one, this yeah. podcast. We have one legit five questions left, but um, I, I have made no secret about the fact that I'm going to use the Cortex podcast as a heavy inspirational model for whatever show we build in the future. And one segment they do occasionally on that podcast is just reader mail or listener mail, I suppose. That's fair. Where they just kind of answer questions. Um, I don't remember what they call it, but I would like to have some sort of Q&A section again. I mean, I kind of want to do what we're doing now, just have a little bit more freedom for topics. I want to be able to- Just need to change the name, really. things, you know. Yeah. Like I got a gray hair in my beard now, so I want to talk about my AARP membership, the benefits therein. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I am actually don't don't DM me on Instagram, I won't see it. Uh, but I'm Tom Frankly on Twitter. If you want to send short questions or to Yo Martholomew over on Twitter, uh, otherwise, the comment section on our YouTube channel is probably the best place to put questions not least of which because they may end up getting answers from other awesome listeners.
1: Oh, does that happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's discussion that happens Clearly, sometimes. the YouTube comments are not the best place to reach me. They are not. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, not a ton, especially on the podcast channel, because it's a smaller channel, but yeah. occasionally we do see discussion happening there. That's cool. Um, we used to run a community. I mean, the community still exists, but I have realized that running an active community is something that is antithetical to having enough focus to be an artist. We don't do too much (laughs) with it at this point. Mm -mm. It's still there. It is still there. Yeah, it's just com slash community. Anyway, so let's get into the five questions that we did get for this episode, pumped out by our amazing Willy Wonka contraption. The first one being... You recently mentioned the feeling of anticipation of interruption keeping you from being able to focus. What should you do to try to stay focused when you're at a job with an open door policy and interruptions are unavoidable? Uh, when I read this question, I was immediately reminded of Linus from Linus Tech Tips. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we we're working on getting the how they work video for Linus Tech Tips out in March. Um, Linus said, my job is basically just being interrupted all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and people like just demanding my time all day long. And I remember asking him, I'm like, do you really get any time to just work on your own on your own projects? And he's like, not really. It's it's just all day, every day, people are kind of demanding my time. Wow. Which is what happens when you run a 35 person company. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and even when you have a coo which is his wife and you have um other people who are kind of in like c-level positions managing stuff you still have to do a lot of management especially when you're the face of the brand and you want to have a lot of control over it yeah so i was definitely reminded of that um i feel like the the biggest thing is i think you can work with an open door policy while still working in times of uninterrupted work and that's just going to take open communication. So like generally my doors are open, but maybe like say I am on a call for the next 30 minutes or for the next hour or block out time on your, on your calendar. Yeah. Um, and if, if you have like a boss who's so, I guess gung-ho about an open door policy that they don't want to let you do this, then you probably should just talk to them and let them know like hey i can't focus and get the work i need to get done done because the policies of this company have been set up in a way that don't allow me to get things done for more than 5 minutes at a time yeah and you know i think if you bring it up to them they should hopefully realize oh our policies are actually impacting productivity negatively yeah i'm sure they want productive things to happen mhm yeah i don't know i mean i feel like you you get this more than i do that, yeah, That fear of interruption I, kind of I paralyzing you? I do fear you.
1: the interruption. There's a lot of work I just can't do if I'm going to be interrupted at all. So I'm, I'm way too, like, plugged into it. Are there any things you've but, done
0: to deal with that? Well,
1: back in the old place, before I decided to... This isn't a problem now, but I had gotten some Hue lights and was using them to signify what kind of work I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it was on the programming light, please don't interrupt me right now. I can be interrupted for emergencies, and then and then later, we decided. Hey, I got an idea. If you like need something, just turn the light teal. It'll show up in my room. I'll see it, and I'll be like, ah, oh, I'll get to it.
0: Oh, it's like, a, hey,
1: just so you know, whenever, yeah. whenever you're ready. But like, just a light changing. It, it's clearly not an emergency, or you know, Ashley would have actually just come and said, hey, the apartment's on fire. She wouldn't ch- changed the hue light mm-hmm. to let me know about that. So it was just like, when I have time for a break, and that might be, oh, I'll finish this thing in 10 minutes, I'll, I'll find the next stopping point. Yeah. Um, I've heard of companies doing this where you can have something maybe sitting on your desk that implies I'm busy right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel Over like... With the headphones. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned open communication. I think that would help a lot, even just with the people asking questions. Just like, yeah. hey, um, if this is not an emergency, you can have my full attention... In like five minutes. Let me finish this real quick. Otherwise, you can have my half attention right now, mm-hmm. but you would, may have to explain it several times. Yeah. And this, I mean, this happens with Ashley. She'll, she'll like come ask me a question before um, I'm done thinking something. And it's not usually interrupting specifically work at this point. It's just like she's just saying something and I'm lost in thought and, and I won't hear the first half of the question at mm-hmm. all. So I'll just be like, hold on. Now I'm listening. Because if I'm not fully listening, what's even the point of explaining it to me?
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, getting into tools for a second, you could actually set up Slack. And just to give one example, uh, you could set up Slack in a way that would allow for kind of like a ping that I would check at a certain time. So for non-urgent things, and you could set up, say, a channel where you would, you know, at mention someone, hey, when you get a chance, can you look at this? Oh yeah. And then you could have direct messages set as the way to get a hold of somebody as, you know, a very urgent thing. Or, you know, it could be like if I text you, it's an urgent thing. And then you could set like you as the person who needs to, you know, be reached by employees or whoever it is, could set things up where a direct message actually sends you a notification, whereas mentions in a channel do not. Yeah. so then if sense. you had it set up you know if you're if you're organized enough you could be like all right well once an hour or you know between work sessions I plan out I'm going to check this channel to see if anybody has needed my attention and that kind of guarantees that you're not neglecting people all day and then if they really need you you'll get the notification
1: yeah yeah I just <clears throat> really I'm sure there's and you'd have to communicate that really clearly and you'd have to stick yeah. to it because when you let if you let somebody slide through it the whole mm-hmm. system's immediately broken yep but it's just like, uh, like you're next on the list. You can have my full attention then. Yeah. And I think that's actually going to be more appreciated because then they're being shown that what they're asking does matter mm-hmm. enough to actually pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, some interruptions can't really be avoided, and that is terribly annoying to me. Um, if it's something that I'm trying to work on that's super ultra intense... I just won't even bother starting it until weird hours. Now, this, this depends on flexibility, but like at my previous job, I would specifically come in on Saturday or Sunday if I had a big programming thing because I could just do it all myself for like six hours with no interruptions. Yeah. And that's just, I had to do that kind of work
0: then. This is the problem with open office layouts?
1: Yeah, and that's basically like just... what we had. And it, I couldn't do some tasks I was fine with, but I can't do the huge... Really, the most important things
0: mm-hmm. i I can work around people, but I think there's a difference between say, working at a coffee shop where there's a lot of people around and working in an office that's open where coworkers are around you because in a coffee shop, nobody's going to try to get your attention. They are around you, but they're doing their own thing. They don't know you. Yeah. you might as well be alone at work. Yeah, it's a bit different. People are probably going to be getting your attention. And I think, you know, something that you probably uh, deal with is it's just the anticipation. Yeah. Like at any moment, somebody might break my concentration. Therefore, I cannot get into a concentrated state. Well, and I think part of it's like the I can't start this until
1: I'm ready. Yeah. I need the perfect start for Mm -hmm. this kind of work, which overall isn't a great tactic anyway, even if it wasn't because of interruptions. Because if I'm just like, I'm a little too tired today to get started on this, or maybe Thursday would be better, then I'm just going to keep putting it off. And usually the focus will only be found kind of by accident once I just decide to start working in an unfocused way. Yeah. So it made, you kind of have to just go through it saying, yep, this is going to suck. I'm not going to get any good work done. And then sometimes you'll accidentally get focused and get good work
0: done. Isn't it weird that even that if interruptions are going to come,
1: you just have to say, "Yeah, they're going to come." So I'm going to I'm going to loosely take a look at this. I'm just going to lazily look through the problem, mm-hmm. and then y-
0: you'll probably just end up focused anyway. Yeah, I mean, something I realize is uh, a lot of days I'll get up and be like, "Okay, this is a writing day," so I'm going to shower. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to walk to the coffee shop, and that's when I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write. So it's me kind of anticipating this perfect situation. You're making this big old event out of it. Um, And then I'll be in the shower or whatever, and I'll get one little idea and I'm like, oh, I better write that down in Evernote, just like jot the note down. So I have it for reference when I get to the coffee shop where I'm gonna do my writing. So I'll sit down and because it's such a little thing, it gets me started. And then I'm just, I find myself sitting in my bathroom just writing half the video in Evernote on my phone. Whereas when I get to the coffee shop, a lot of times, I'm like, all right, well, for it to be truly perfect to write, I should probably clear my e- ma- email inbox first. I should probably yeah. check Slack to make sure nobody needs me. Uh, there's construction outside. Uh, construction's kind of hot in here. I'll work you know next what? week. I need to like look up some details about like outlets and stuff for the server, because that's urgent. <laughs>
1: I feel like the pressure is too high, so mm-hmm. you're just going to want to avoid it just yeah. in case it can't live up to its moment. But a lot of my better focus comes from just like... um when I wanted to do my, that huge pixel art Pokemon scene that I had made yeah. in whatever month I put that out in, that was The, the Persimmons one? Yeah, the Persimmons one. The way that started was that Ashley was at this event and I just decided I'm going to bring my iPad, just chill in my car outside for like an hour mm-hmm. and just kind of loosely sketch things and, and kind of Google images for reference and tons of other stuff. Yeah. And, that all started because I was lazily working in my car. If I had sat down to my desk in, in, like, perfect situation and opened up all the right stuff, I probably would have scared myself out of it. I kind of need that lazy, creative time to start a big project. Yeah. I can finish it with ultra-dedicated time later. And at that point, it's kind of hard to interrupt me because I'm not really even going to hear you mm-hmm. until I get to a stopping point. It's not—nothing you say is going to stick.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. So we have, we have a second question here. Deceptively simple question. What's the best position to read in?
1: This question is a difficult one and I've
0: wondered it for a long time. I'm going to say hanging upside down. That's good. It elongates your spine. It does, but it also pulls the blood in your head. So you have more blood like near your brain to, like, power up your brain. That is arguably the reading thing. It's like the ultimate productivity hack. Yeah. Why have all the blood, like, down here in your limbs when it could be up there, supercharging your brain to read perfect better? makes sense. So, upside down. Yeah. If you can't do that, though,
1: honestly, the answer might simply be to take breaks and shift positions every once in a while, because much yeah. like a laptop, books are kind of inherently bad ergonomically because it's something Mm -hmm. you're holding that you want to be looking at but you want your neck to normally be like straight up and you want your hands and arms to be at a normal level so if i hold the book up to eye level for good neck neck positioning my arms are going to get tired if i put my arms down and i look down i'm hurting my neck the same way as if i were texting yeah it's somewhat unavoidable that most positions for this particular thing are eventually going to be uncomfortable so it might just be better to switch there is one situation in which i've avoided this because my nerve damage was so bad that i literally couldn't like look down and work like that and i got this cool little clamp thing that had a a bendy gooseneck sort of sort of um i don't know what to call it right now and it had a another clamp at the end that would hold my Kindle. And I could attach this to the side of a table, put it up to eye level, and then just yeah. sort of read it. That that could work. That's pretty fancy. And that would help extra if you were hanging upside down. You don't even need to hold the book anymore. That's true. And then um, you could get the um, book holders that will hold the pages open. I don't use those because I'm overly protective of my physical books. But yeah. you could probably accomplish something similar with that.
0: I had the idea for the perfect reading setup. All right. So you got a 3D mouse. Okay. That you can hold wherever you want. I hate 2D mice. Not on the desk. It's like one of those ones that you move in the air. It's got a scroll wheel you can use. And then the distance, it tracks the distance between the mouse and the computer. And in real time, will zoom the text. So you could even pace around the room. Mm. and then you put it on a standing desk with the monitor at the right ergonomic height, and you can just stand in the perfectly ergonomic position and read. Then, V2 of this, you have a drone with a screen that allows you to pace around the room however much you want, and the drone just stays in your field of view. Well, that'd be fancy. That's the perfect reading position. I might get distracted, though. At least ergonomically. Yeah, cuz this is this is my uh my debate here is like there's the ergonomically best position to read in and then there's the positions I find myself in when I'm reading the most deeply. Yeah. And when I'm reading the most deeply, I'm usually sitting at a table with the book flat on the table and I'm like kind of hunched over it. It's just how it is. Sometimes I'm sitting in a chair. Yeah,
1: and like, like ne- neither of those are going to be particularly good for your... Mm-hmm. We just don't want to be still in like any position for a long time. Yeah. So yeah, it's, the biggest thing is it's, take breaks. Unfortunately, I have not found a much better solution you know, because with a computer, I just put the monitor at eye level, put a keyboard on my lap. Mm-hmm. That's I can't reach the pages if my yeah. hands are down by my knees. I just, I can't turn it.
0: Yeah, the, the biggest thing is take uh, breaks. Difficult. And I would say uh, specifically Ooh. when you take a break, go outside for a bit. And I've said this a million times for exercise reasons, all these things. But um, what I want to highlight here is when you're reading, your eyes are fixated at a specific point for a very long period of time. You want to go outside and basically like exercise the little micro muscles that control your eyes. Get get buff eyes? You want to get buff eyes, yeah. That now, makes sense. I mean, I'd, I'd have to look up the, the research behind this, but I do remember in college reading stuff about how, um, you know, staying inside a lot – um, can develop or can contribute to the development of, I think, myopia. So Hmm. I would, I would like to refresh my knowledge on the scientific basis behind that. But I can tell you that ever since reading that as a student, I have remained conscious about the fact that I should be going outside and kind of just like giving my eyes many different distances to fixate upon every single day, along with just getting sunlight exposure, which is good. Um, because I I would prefer not to accelerate any development of any kind of eye deficiency. Don't worry. The Colorado UVs will accelerate other things in That's your skin. True. I will burn from um, the
1: lack of oxygen and I, the lack of sun now, protection. I realize I actually accidentally did find the perfect reading position in this conversation. If you're just read in like a Kindle app on your computer, you can have a, a keyboard in your lap and just be looking at it. Now, I don't know oh, that yeah. I would focus while reading that's what i was saying it would be it would be like comfortable
0: like yeah my my perfect reading setup wasn't a a fiction you can literally get a 3d mouse you could put the kindle app into scroll mode if you wanted to or i think it makes sense to go to the side and then you could stand there and you could have your arms wherever you wanted and you could just scroll like
1: that's totally reasonable and i already do it for everything else i just don't read on my computer screen
0: yeah, yeah, and like to be honest, I'm being because the Kindle bit, screen is way better. I'm being a little silly here because I, I don't think, I can't really picture myself standing in front of my computer, and getting invested in a book.
1: Ooh, or if you could lay down on your back, with with proper support for spines and necks and things, and you could get that same Kindle clamp and hold it right above your head. That's true. That's that's been comfortable when I've done it. I forgot
0: I've done that. Just make sure that the clamp is reliable, and then you're good. You know what? Every once in a while, I think, you know, we could deal with a Kindle to the face just to remind us that life is pain. That's fair. (laughs) You do need reminders. There certainly aren't enough. Uh, The one reading position I do not recommend at all is laying on the ground, propped up on your elbows, reading like that
1: why that's terrible for all of the parts of your body if, why if not? i lay
0: on like a bed reading or looking at my phone for even like 10 minutes my nerves will just start to hurt it's not good yeah i wouldn't recommend nerve injuries yeah and unfortunately like a lot of times when i travel and i will stay in a hotel that doesn't have like a chair i'll find myself just like laying on the bed looking at my phone or reading a book or whatever it is and then really i'm like damn it i did it again you know yeah so try to avoid that. Try to avoid long-term nerve damage in your arms if you can. Because um, I don't know about you, but like, I still get, like, I'll still get flared up nerve pain. Oh, I still get if that. If I get in the wrong That'll position. That'll happen all the time. If I If
1: I get tension in the right muscle areas. Yeah, I don't think it goes which away. Which
0: is always there. Like, I just can function. That's all. Mm-hmm. If I live correctly, if I maintain healthy habits, if I stay in an ergonomic <laughs> position, if I take breaks and move a lot, then it's not an issue. It's, it's a non-issue. Um, but if I put myself in the wrong position, I am swiftly reminded that I sustained nerve damage before and it is just right around the corner. They get, they get sensitive.
1: Mm -hmm. Anyway, what are you reading books for? You nerd.
0: That's true. What do you think a woman like Michelle would marry a nerd? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number three. I'm working on a personal site and I'm using the CIG site as one of my inspirations. I like the customizability and freedom of hard coding, so I'm leaning toward that instead of a CMS. Do you hard code all the posts for CIG or do you use a blogging platform? So uh, we use WordPress, which is a blogging platform. WordPress is a content management system. Yeah, It's, uh, it's the basis of like,
1: half the uh, internet yeah, probably. a huge percentage of the internet
0: so it would be weird to call it a blogging platform even though it does still kind of have posts as the yeah, first yeah that's like thing. what it's for but it's flexible enough to do almost anything yeah uh, I mean you can hard code your blog posts but I wouldn't recommend it because using a content management system makes it very easy for us to make new posts but also it makes it very easy for us to go back and make changes to posts as a whole which yeah nice yeah if there's ever a specific thing we'd like to
1: undo, it's just mm-hmm. one big fix or maybe a few rather than yeah limitless.
0: I've um, seen very few sites that will that really would justify hard coding every single post. I do remember one I can't even remember what it was, but uh, they had gone to the lengths to like make a specific c s s layout for every article that kind of like complemented the article and looked very artistic. It was very magazine like that's cool. Sometimes um, the New York Times and other big publications will very rarely have an article that is it's completely differently formatted than the rest of the site. Yeah, like you you it's could like have you could thing. have every once in a while mm-hmm.
1: a specifically styled thing, and then still have a default for when you don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd consider hard coding if it were a limited amount. If I were mm-hmm. like making a site that was going to have ten blog posts max, yeah, that'd probably be okay. Or if I were primarily doing it to test out my front-end development skills, mm-hmm. maybe that'd be a reason. But if I just wanted to write and kind of get information out there, it would be way more convenient to have a default. And, and WordPress isn't the only option. Um, There's Ghost. There's, if I want to go back in time, Joomla. I think um, Tofugu, when they changed, they went to something like Middleman or something, and it creates static pages. Yeah, there's a, it's a static it's like, CMS. Yeah, so it doesn't which is a pretty pull. cool, different
0: way of doing things. And I guess, so to um, explain the difference there, WordPress, it is a bunch of code, like a bunch of HTML, CSS, JavaScript code, um, and a bunch of PHP that kind of like holds it all together. But to show you a blog post, like you the visitor, it is pulling the actual content of that blog post from a database, which means that every time somebody loads a page um, in a normal configuration, the server has to go like ask the database, hey, can you give me all the content for this post? So you incur what's called a database query. You can get around this by caching, which essentially just like builds that page by querying the database once, then essentially like freezes a snapshot of it and serves that up until it ever changes or until like a time expiry date. Yeah. Hits. Um, static websites, there's no database to pull from. All that content is just hard coded in in the code, yeah. like directly in the HTML. So instead of the HTML being like, all right, pull this stuff from the database, it's just all sitting there. So it's it's generally faster and simpler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like my personal website's static, but that's because I don't really add anything to it. Mm -hmm. I just built it once and
0: I was like, there, it's as fast as possible because it's
1: ultra simple.
0: Yeah. Uh, so for college info geek to give people a little bit of context, it is based on WordPress, but the theme it's running on. So the entire look and feel of it, along with a lot of the functions that run under the hood were, uh, custom coded. Oh yeah, it's so, not we didn't just like buy a theme. Yeah. Everything you see on website. College of Boogie was designed by me in Figma, which is a UX and UI design app and then coded by you from scratch. Yeah. Or I guess from scratch is a little bit inaccurate. You started from um was it bones? Underscores maybe? Underscores. Yeah. So underscores is a Incredibly bare bones. And I, there is also one called Bones, but underscores yeah, it's, is one it's we basically
1: use. like it does the the basic, obvious PHP you'll probably want. Yep, it's in there.
0: It's like the simplest starting point you still have to style theme it, for WordPress that you could find, and then you can style it, you can add to it as you want. Uh, it, it is not for beginners. It is not going to get you what you want out of the box. That's why people build other themes it's not nearly buy. out of the box. <laughs> it, it is going to be very very basic. Um, but it, it saves you from having to code all the main theme functions yourself. Yeah, which is template. just which it gives would have been, point. like,
1: pointless because I can rework them as I'm coding, but I don't need mm-hmm. to reinvent the wheel. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's basically
0: like when I open up my video project template yeah, you're for just, a new video. Like, starting I've, I've got better. sequences set out that have their aspect ratio and their frame rate already set, things like that. I don't have to set those every single time.
1: Yeah. And if I mm-hmm. wanted to do a ton of extra custom stuff with something like WordPress, you can through like short codes or custom page templates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have 10 different blog post templates if we wanted. Yeah. It would be perfectly reasonable. You could click through them with a drop down and pick which one each did or have it be automatic based on a category you put them in. We just don't. Yeah. It's a, this, the sky for is for our limit. purposes, it doesn't make sense, but it could for you,
0: but yeah. Yeah, if I wanted to, if I was like, Hey, Martin, I want to make one article that's like this big special extravaganza that has all this different styling, yeah, it wouldn't, you it wouldn't be hindered at all. But, okay, I will just code a template for that. Yeah, we'll I would just start CSS from scratch and code just,
1: a brand new template
0: with its own CSS. Boom. I wouldn't even concern the old stuff. In fact, we could fully hard code a post where we didn't even write any text in the blog post text box in the back end. We oh, yeah. Just choose this is our text or this is our post template and it would load that code and if we had, we could just hard code the entire article into that.
1: Yeah. We so could do whatever
0: we want. I would I would go that route if you want to start a website that you think is gonna have a decent amount of content because it gives you the flexibility to write something, just get it out there if you don't feel like hard coding today, but it also lets you Hard code if you want to and also it will give you experience with um the world's most popular cms yeah so if if your career aspirations have anything to do with wordpress then it gives you experiment or experience with wordpress uh, i have been heavily benefited by knowing wordpress throughout my career uh that being said there are, there are lots of other platforms out there yeah uh, but if you want to learn to code like i would say go with that over something like Squarespace or Wix or oh yeah or, those or those will those, just like I think you're you not have gonna a, limited, code a lot I think you have a limited amount of ability to code in those platforms but they they just do so much for you that they're not meant to be you have less of the ability to tinker around yeah and with WordPress like you don't even have to pay for hosting you could build a local install yeah. on your own computer and just tinker around to your heart's content you know set up a local Git repo in case you blow everything up revert yep learn do all do whatever you want um and yeah if people have more questions about the tech side of our business like feel free to ask them this is stuff that we will probably feel more free to dig into yeah we could we could go further into stuff like that i would love to make like a half of our future podcast just like geeking out about the business and tech side of running this whole operation because the other
1: half is pokemon and animal
0: crossing that i'm going to cover that yeah that's it's it's a Pokemon, Animal Crossing, and hardcore online business podcast. The first of its kind. Yeah, I realize that's like all I tweet about. It's probably it's like I'm not I'm not that productive on Twitter. I tweet I'm about a stupid things. So, all right. Uh, question number four: How can I write an interesting social media bio? You can't. You're not that interesting. <laughs> Everyone else can. Uh, be interesting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I I mean, this really depends on what you're trying to do with it. First of all, if you're trying to do a business sort of thing or it's a personal account. But I'd say a general rule is that you want to include what you'd like people to talk to you about if that's not already obvious from who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the connections you might make if this is like a personal account are going to be based on shared excitement about something. Yeah. So I want people to know in all my bios that they can talk to me in Spanish, French, or basic Japanese. Mm-hmm. because they wouldn't guess that so i need to put it somewhere that's yeah. um uh, just like it's kind of like when you meet somebody and you you leave little threads that they could pull at mm-hmm. if they wanted to get to know you more but if there are no threads they have no idea what to ask so on social media why would you even why would you just guess hey random account um super cool dude one two three i don't know who you are but you just got a shout out um Do you you speak Portuguese? Like, that's a random question to ask if they've not really
0: given any indication that the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, like, go look at examples to get some inspiration, but all my bios are sort of tailored around communicating what I do in some way, but also sort of injecting a little bit of my sense of humor.
1: Yeah, a little bit of, like, personality and a little bit of... Stuff you do,
0: mm-hmm. um, so like my uh, are you, are you getting a call from no? I'm just gonna the find secret mine. service, yeah? It's the secrets,
1: they we hang out, they need your help. No, I'm just gonna find mine for when oh, yeah. We I guess we, we could literally because, pull up our... Uh, actually, I think I did an extra thing that I think communicates something about me all
0: by itself, okay? But, oh, did you put like a um, let me go the flags? Let me go to Twitter. So mine is. On Twitter, it's YouTuber, podcaster, and founder of at College Info Geek, so people can click on that, because I no longer link to College Info Geek in my personal bio. And then I have also a biz dev, rockstar ninja, guru, samurai, toaster, oven. Yeah, declaring that you're the most professional of all time. So professional. Obviously. I'm not just a ninja. I am all those other things, too.
1: Yeah. No, no, my, no. my Twitter is very stupid. And that's part of the brand. But That's part of my brand. That's part of what you want to be.
0: Yeah. So you got to you gotta leave it there. Like, I wouldn't... It hasn't always been that stupid, though. I didn't... I mean, when I was smaller on Twitter, I was always questioning, like, oh, can I put the perfect bio? Yeah. And I feel like... I gave up on that. There is not a perfect bio, and people care a lot less than you think they do. So but the one thing I want to highlight, though, is you mentioned, like, putting what you want people to talk to you about in your bio, and I will extend that by saying... I have used Twitter as a recruiting tool before. Mm. In fact, I prefer Twitter for certain things over any other site for finding people who I might want to work with. For example, recently I was looking for a motion graphics artist that I might want to hire for a project. So I went to Twitter and I typed in motion graphics artist, freelance motion designer, freelance illustrator. Like I typed in these things looking for people because I know a lot of times those kind of people post their work on Twitter. And Twitter is a really easy way to get a hold of people quickly. Yeah. Where else like like if I go to LinkedIn, I'm like, I don't know how to search LinkedIn for that kind of stuff. Instagram, I don't know how to you know, it's it's hard to find people on Instagram. If I DM them, it's gonna go to their other inbox, they're not gonna see it. And then if I go to like upwork, I have to deal with upwork. <laughs> yeah. Like I would rather just find somebody, and be like, hey, I like your work. Do you have like do you do freelance? So, you know, put freelance in your bio or put commissions open, things like that.
1: Yeah, stuff people might be searching for or mm-hmm. that you want them to just to know just in case it ever pops up that you are available to talk about. It's mm-hmm. It's like a much more casual business card because yeah, I would if I were rewriting my bio every single day, every day I would make sure that it had at least something that was just some dumb yeah, nonsense I love too, just to be like there's some personality. It's not just a business card. It's a mm-hmm. business card with some other
0: dumb stuff that business has nothing to do with. Um. Oh, recently I went on Twitter and I searched sound designer because I wanted to follow people who do sound design just so Mm. I had some people who I could kind of like learn from, look up to. So I just went through and I'm like, cool, you have sound effects libraries you've created. I was also looking for people who were selling sound effects libraries. And as a result of that Twitter search, I bought some sound effects libraries from some certain people. So they got sales because they had the right Twitter bio. Nice. Yeah, so what's, what's yours? Um, so mine, now, now after each item
1: in the list, I have an emoji. Uh, I just, it makes it more colorful and I think more fun to read. Mm-hmm. But mine is photos, pixel art, piano, in parentheses, pursuing, polyglottism, programming, podcasting, Pokemon, <laughs> peace, productive at college in Fugi. <laughs> so you also, as a bonus to all of the things I just listed, it's pretty obvious that I like wordplay. That's a lot of Since good Since I decided to do that. <laughs> and like, it's like Pokemon, completely unnecessary, but it fit the bill. And I love Pokemon. And most of my tweets are about Pokemon. I need to make it clear yeah. to somebody that they shouldn't expect nothing but professional things. <laughs> because I did not include professional among the words that start with P. That was not one just of them. Just
0: have un in
1: parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just like... Those are the things that if somebody were to tweet me about them, yeah, I would that would catch my eye first. If you tweet me about focus or something, I'll I'll probably see it and I I will decently likely answer with something, but if you tweet me about any of the things I've listed, I might be excited about it. Yeah. Because I've made it clear those are things I really care
0: about. Mhm. Especially if it's Pokémon. <clears throat> tweet me about Pokémon. You heard the man. Uh Instagram, mine is even simpler. It just says study and productivity YouTuber, makes music sometimes, and then I always link to my latest video. So I on Instagram, it feels a little different because you can't link to things in posts. So I kind of need to use my bio as a way to link to my latest thing. Though I have noticed some people using something, something called Linktree, Oh, I've seen that. Where you can just like build out like this little one-page thing. It's like a separate website that's a grid of links. Mm -hmm. So that could be a thing. That makes sense. And then I could just update my link tree instead of having to update my Instagram bio every time. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think those are generally some pretty good tips. Um, Go look at the Instagram bios and the Twitter bios and the YouTubes and whatever people you admire. See what they're doing. Yeah. Um, And then don't just blindly copy them. Oh, I, w- I will say for
1: Instagram, mine is a little different because I wanted it to be clear what kind of stuff people would see if they followed me. Mm. So it says here, photos, pixel art, piano, elsewhere, and then lists the rest gotcha. of them.
0: Just so that like,
1: you know what you're following.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The main thing I'll recap this with is if you are looking for clients, if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for work, put what you do, be a little SEO minded in that bio. Yeah, because people like me are searching, uh, and then use your pin tweet. Oh yeah, because like if if I find somebody who's like, oh, I'm a freelance motion designer, but then I go to their profile and like, they are you know rightfully they have every right to do this retweeting stupid Pokemon memes or whatever. Like that's cool, but I'm not gonna see yeah, have your the first impression your be work. something
1: else. Yeah, so like my yeah. pin
0: tweet is my latest Skillshare course. So people come to my profile, maybe I'll make a sale. And if not, they at least know like this is like kind of what I'm about. I made this course on habits, so it's a good indication of what I do. Yeah, I probably would forgot about the pin tweet. That's pretty a llama picture.
1: Yeah, even though I would tweet that. Yeah, I usually like pin whatever my latest artistic endeavor was, Mm -hmm. because that's more important than your first impression being, "Look, Martin got a shiny, neat in Pokemon Go." That's not really that relevant to like it is
0: impressive though you, you it is it's got a party hat that's more impressive it's very impressive <laughs> with the party hat is it a three star though did you do yeah the, it's good do they call that the? it's uh, a good one what what is it called when you like inspect it i don't remember evaluate is that what it is i don't i don't know there Appraise. are so, there are so many appraisal. synonyms that's what it is Ah uh, yes i have appraised. done it it's
1: a good one it's a good one it's my new best friend
0: this neat arena is way bigger than normal it's got a hat. It's got a hat. That's the most not important. a tall hat. It's not well, like those clowns. <laughs> it's a dark clown. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the yeah, whatever last question. question here. Other things are. I have to do more work today. All right, I've been interested in photography for a while now, but I have trouble doing it every day. Sometimes I like it, but sometimes it really feels like a chore. I'm not sure if this means I really love it or not, or if I'm just not happy with it because I don't know if I'll take any photos worth taking. Am I supposed to love it from the first click? or could it take longer. Uh I'm going to put this out here as a blanket statement. Hobbies that involve skill, that involve artistic expression, that involve uh you know, a lot of care, they're not always fun. Sometimes it sucks. Oh, I I hate photography <laughs> like once a week.
1: Yeah. The, the latest photo at the the photo I posted today as the background to a preview of a song I'm working on because I took it inside and because I use a macro lens and because Colorado is stupid and dry and dusty mm-hmm. I took that photo like 40 50 times yeah just over and over and I've taken some indoor photos like 80 times and then near the end of that I'm like I hate photography why do I do this <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever done why yep. do I why do I even try indoor photos canceled but mm-hmm. then when I'm finished, I like it again. It's just, and, and you're you're not necessarily gonna like it at first. And like you said, this applies to basically everything.
0: Yeah. Um, one. I mean, th- the only thing in the world that I can think of that's like fun every time you do it is entertainment that is designed to be fun, which is almost always completely consumption based. I've even made video games
1: not fun every time I play them. For example, when I <laughs> hatch thousands of eggs to get a shiny phantom I sure. felt imprisoned while I was doing it mm-hmm. and yet I did it not everything's fun all the time yeah um so there's that's there's that part I would like to address the I'm not sure if this is just because I'm not creating a worthy photo if I like I'm not good enough yet um I think that You know, it sounds so cliche at this point to complain about social media. This isn't really a complaint. It's just something that happens. But it feels like hobbies don't count if they're not cool enough to put on the internet. Yeah. Like you you can't have fun if you didn't do something that's worth showing off. But like just pretend the internet didn't exist. Would you have felt good about the art then because it would have been much more ridiculous to assume you might reach thousands of people with that painting you just made Mm -hmm. you know back before back before the internet i still played around on piano and no one gave me any attention whatsoever and i still liked it so it must have had some inherent value that should not be undermined by
0: whether or not i went viral or something man i remember getting my first camera uh, i think brian and i i I was probably 13 or 14 so brian would have been like 12 11 something like that we saved up all of our our allowance money and we bought this hundred dollar little blue like it looked like one of those uh but i can't remember the name of the flip camera i think it was called Hmm. it had a weird form factor it was terrible resolution but we got that and we made little movies and there was not even like an inkling in our mind that these were going to be shared with other people You at didn't first. have a content strategy. <laughs> YouTube had just come out and we didn't really know about it. We were just making stuff like, oh, we're going to make a ninja movie. It's going to be awesome. And I got a better camera when I was in high school and I wasn't on Facebook. Instagram didn't exist. Uh, I wasn't on Twitter yet. I had nothing. So I was really into photography, but it was just for myself. My photos yeah. went onto my hard drive where I would look at them sometimes
1: yeah like that like was it back before it became an obvious thing to do with your stuff it's not yeah. like it's not like I sat around as a little kid like, why aren't thousands of strangers wanting to listen to this? I, I'll email it to them. I mm-hmm. swear I'll send the file today but yeah it's it just wasn't an expectation so it didn't kind of hurt my ability to just enjoy it myself and then mm-hmm. if I wanted feedback, it would be my close friends and family who probably care more about me and my art anyway, yeah so it the internet's cool, obviously, I post my work for a reason i I want to share it with people, but um, please don't let the external the extrinsic motivators there through the over justification
0: effect ruin the intrinsic
1: value of art.
0: yeah, I think specifically with photography and with art. We go on the internet and, you know, say you're following a hundred artists on Instagram, like every day you're going to see something new. It's going to look awesome. Um, and because people put on a, a, a bright face on social media, they always make it seem like they're having fun. So we have all these hundreds of voices and I think they coalesce into this gigantic uh, over, like overbearing feeling that everyone else who's doing this art form is having a blast doing it all the time. And they're also so awesome at it. And boy, why, why can't I do stuff to that level? And why am I not always stoked to do it? I feel like something's wrong with me or this isn't for me. This isn't my thing. And yeah. really, it's like you got to think about each individual person, not as a collective, but as, you know, Peter McKinnon. Yeah, he puts out all these great photos, but he probably spent like eight hours yesterday getting like two photos there's probably 400 of them that sucked, and he's probably stressed out. That's very real. And then he's like, all right, this one's good. I'm pretty proud of it. I'm happy about it. But man, like, there were times during the photo- photography session that I was just not feeling it, wasn't liking what I got. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't have to be good
1: mm-hmm. at something for to, to be fully justified in, in doing it. You can yeah. just have fun and enjoy it, and... Yeah, I've totally, um, very recently, I took 84 photos at the Garden of the Gods park and Mm. three of them were acceptable to me. I was excited about basically two of them. And the third one, I was like, I like this one well enough. It it was a cool experience, but I wish I had done it at this time of day instead. That Mm. would have been better. So it didn't reach quite the level of what I normally want, which is already hard because all my favorites are like insects. They're Mm. not really out right now but 84 photos barely turned into 3 yeah. as i just ruthlessly trashed the rest of them it's most of it isn't a worthy photo that's that doesn't really matter if i feel some of them are worth it mm-hmm. i've taken thousands and thousands that were probably half garbage they were still fun
0: yeah yeah i mean think about people who like take photos of birds
1: yeah, there's
0: a, a lot of waiting around. I have <laughs> never gotten a good
1: photo of a bird yet, but I I don't have like a huge crazy zoom lens mm-hmm. or a bird feeder, both of which would help. Those would help. Those would help. I'm not sure what the rules on bird feeders are though, or what the strategies are to make sure
0: that- Toss a hunk of chicken in a field.
1: I can't feed those birds chicken. Do you know what chicken they, is? They feed themselves chicken. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Somebody, don't tell Lilo. <laughs> She'll be sad.
0: Fair um, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with stuff. Have fun with it and realize that, yes, it, it does take a while to develop an affinity for a hobby sometimes.
1: if And if you expect greatness guitar? of it, you won't, you won't develop an affinity for it
0: ever because it'll be too high pressure. Do you remember starting guitar? Starting guitar sucks. That was not Your good. Your fingers hurt for like a month because they're just not, they are not built for it. Yeah. They're not used to pressing down. It's its literally like agonizingly painful to play guitar after your first day ever doing it. You're, you can't make a good sound. It's terrible. Getting to a point where you enjoy playing guitar, it's like, it's like the hell week for like the Navy SEALs. It's not fun. Yeah. But I am so glad I did it. Guitar is one of, the most fulfilling things I do in my life. And it puts me into like a complete flow state where nothing else matters and I just am enjoying myself completely. I don't care if anyone ever hears it. I don't care. Like most of the guitar I ever play, never recorded. Never even consider putting it on the internet. It's just, I'm sitting there just, it's like the purest moment I could experience. Yeah. But picking up the skills, building up the finger thimble-like uh calluses on my fingertips like it takes a while it's not fun yeah you know same with piano yeah not not the pain part At least i've, I've played but... through
1: pain the in fact the back when i was getting physical therapy they were confused when i healed back to my normal like grip strength because mm-hmm. they were like but you're like a you don't even do like sports, why is your grip strength so strong? Because I've played piano for hours past the point that it started being tiring and mm-hmm. painful because I can't stop in the middle of a, writing a song. Yeah. And I accidentally hurt myself so much that I eventually built strength through yeah. piano playing. It's, yeah. it's you, you just gotta deal with the pain and with uh, sucking at stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the internet's kind of a lottery it's not necessarily a meritocracy. It's like half, it maybe not, maybe not even half. Maybe it's like a fifth meritocracy, four-fifths luck on who saw it at the right time on the right platform oh, yeah. and, and retweeted it at the right time. And it's kind of random. That's I mean, how a lot of life is. It's like partially yeah. working for it, but then also
0: a large part is you got lucky mm-hmm. and happened to be working for it. Yeah, you know, there's a guy who uh, recently was hired at Standard. His name is uh, Dom, and he has a channel called EveryThink. And if you go look at his channel, like the quality of his work, you would think he had three, four, five million subscribers. But I think last time I checked, he had less than like twenty thousand. It's the quality of his work is just insane. Every video he makes is a masterpiece. It's incredible. Go watch his videos. I'm going to shout it out right now because you should. But it's just, you know, it's exactly what you said. Like, it's a lottery. Why didn't yeah. Dom's videos take off? And everybody in his comments are like, why is your channel not more popular? And yeah, the well, answer's because <laughs> <laughs> if I knew that, if I knew the answer to that question, I would be popular. Because <laughs> sometimes stuff happens. <laughs> I don't Even know. the popular people barely know why it worked. They can make guesses. They could be like, well, here's some best practices, but here's 50 other people who are also following those best practices, and yeah. they're not blown up, so and then, what
1: the it, heck? And it looks like the popular people, they must know the secret because they can maintain it, but maintaining it, you can actually kind of gauge a strategy for once you've yeah. lucked into it the first time. Mm-hmm. But that first step is rather arbitrary. You
0: could take masterpiece photos and never be noticed. Yeah. But the the one thing I want to end this on is is this. If there's something that is fun every single time you do it, for every moment you are doing it, it's probably not something where you are going to grow. It's probably not like challenging. It's probably, it's probably entertainment. It's probably pure consumerist popcorn entertainment. That's not to say you can't have an amazing amount of fun playing guitar, taking photos, whatever it is. But it's kind of balanced with periods of, suck. Yeah, but then the, you when know? you break through that learning period, mm-hmm. it feels worth it. Yeah, there's no moment where watching Netflix sucks. That's what it's designed for. But you know, growth, growth, a necessary ingredient in growth is stress. That's how, that's how biology works. An organism adapts and grows as a response to a stressor in the environment. Yeah. Netflix is not a stressor. Video games, unless you are like speed running or being a competitive gamer or trying to hatch a lot of eggs or something, not really a stressor. If you play it, you know, just to relax, you might get a little bit better, but it's, it's not like pure, you know, dedicated practice that hurts. It will be when Animal Crossing comes out. <laughs> Does Animal Crossing hurt? I'm going to play? be the
1: best at catching bugs and casually planting <laughs> fruit trees that you've ever like seen. no one ever was. Yeah. No, <laughs> one's, no one's even going to be able to pick fruit as good as me. Mm.
0: Yeah. Some people pick fruit, but not like I do. I'm a genius. I'm so good at picking fruit. <laughs> All right. That's our five questions. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Show notes, as always, are going to be over at CIG Podcast. For this one, com slash 290. You can find links to anything we may have mentioned. Otherwise, go over to CIGpodcast.com dot com without any trailing slashes or numbers or whatever, to find out how to subscribe to this podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, I don't even know what other ones there are. Podcast nope, no Addict, idea. Pocket Cast. If you guess smoke.
1: where the MP3 file is, you could download it. Yeah. If you type the right URL in. you get in. the
0: right URL, you will just directly access the Amazon you AWS file. You have to guess, it. You have to guess you it. Download it. Yeah, just guess it. You get it, you get it. Just...
1: Start with a. It ends in MP3. I'll give you that, and maybe a dot before that. Probably starts with HTTPS colon slash slash. Probably, probably. but it might be on an FTP server. We don't know. Oh, it could be, but it's probably. You should probably know. Not. Oh, I know. <laughs> I
0: don't want to give it away though. The fun is in the search. That's true. The fun is in the search. <laughs> needle in a haystack. Find that needle. I feel like you like l- like roll over on the needle before you actually found it though. Then that's finding I'm it. I'm not gonna. It... <laughs> That's true. Just not with your hands. Yeah. You are gonna find it. Um, if you want to support this podcast, well, it's ending in ten episodes. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you want to support this podcast, the, the main thing I would ask is go over to the YouTube version or tweet us and let us know like what do you want from from our, our next podcast? We're leaving it kind of open. Yeah. So give us episode ideas. And, you know, um I'm down to try all sorts of episode ideas. So yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm down. Do whatever. So let us know. Uh, otherwise, you you can you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can share this with a friend. Uh, I mean, the the CIG podcast archive will remain online for the foreseeable three episodes of pure funk. I can't say forever because I'm sure that eventually, like the sun will expand and, and like engulf the Earth. And unless I'm able to like do some offsite backup to Alpha Centauri before then. You know, it'll eventually be offline. But we, we have might, no we plans to, that. to ever take it offline. So it's going to be there as a resource as long as I can leave it there. Um, so yeah, you can share it with a friend, especially if they're a student, because what we're going to be doing going forward after these next 10 episodes will not be so student-focused. Though what in this last 100-episode batch has been student-focused? Yeah, we, we really, we've already done it. We just didn't <laughs>
1: relabel things. Yeah. And admit the freedom to ourselves.
0: Yeah. Which is, I think, something people do a lot. They hang on to the past for too long. Yeah. Yeah. You have to venture forward. So that's it. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Collegeinfogeek.com if you want to f- see other cool student-focused stuff. Otherwise, youtube.com slash Frank for me. And instagram.com slash for you for our main stuff that we're doing right now. I would say yeah like art stuff i was just like
1: is that the url format it is but it is. i was just like trying to remember because sometimes it's slash user and youtube's like slash
0: channel sometimes and i get confused on youtube i have a special Yeah, on yours me. yours is good but i just and got then confused Instagram for it's just a second a slash, so yeah yeah no, no weird slash user slash banana i don't know so that's it uh we will see you in our next episode until then thank you